you how to reignite the embers of a distant and lonely relationship into a blazing, emotionally intimate connection. I'm your host, Amber Dolson. I'm a psychologist, author, and speaker. A few of my favorite things are my husband, Graves, and my adorable little dog, Riggs. Now let's learn how to create a soul crush in love that lasts. Hit subscribe in your podcast app so that simply by listening, you can rekindle your relationship by pouring a little gas on your relationship ember. This podcast is for informational purposes and should not be misconstrued for specific relationship advice. For advice for your specific relationship, seek a local couples therapist for relationship counseling or couples therapy. Welcome back to Relationship Psych. We are talking about four mistakes couples make when trying to make up after a fight. Most couples don't want fights to be, become huge blowups that hurt the relationship. They especially don't want it to become a huge blowup again when they're trying to make things better. Most couples want a way to successfully resolve past hurts between them. So like a washing machine, sometimes a problem might spin you or twist you around for a short while, but you want to come out brighter, cleaner, maybe even looking better than before. Conflict is normal in relationships, but how we do conflict can be very destructive. It can turn a good relationship toxic and leave a good intentioned couple headed for divorce. In this episode, we're going to talk about the most common mistakes I see that couples do when they talk about a fight that prevents them from processing the pain and and keeps them from coming out looking brighter or more healed or even better than before. Instead, they get spun around. They look twisted and come out looking drained, flat tired and hopeless. So the first mistake, the first mistake I see couples do is they start the healing conversation, the the conversation to make things better with blame, accusation, or criticism. I know it's tempting and your complaint might be true. And even if it is true, you're still responsible for how you explain your message. So let's imagine your partner was late. You have every right to be hurt that they were late, but you're responsible for how you communicate that hurt. I used to think that if somebody hurt me, they deserved to be hurt. The problem with that was I adored my husband and on occasion he hurt me and I would lash out and with each lashing, I pushed him further and further away until I almost lost him. I mean, his behavior was part of it here, but so was mine. It was hard for me to wrap my mind around that I could be hurt and still be responsible for my behavior. The first step in changing is becoming aware that you are responsible for how you bring up your pain. The second step is becoming willing to make the change. And then you got to figure out how you're actually going to implement that into your life. Through my own experience personally, and working as a couples therapist for the last 10 years, I've seen many people struggle to change their behavior even after they become aware. Awareness certainly isn't enough. The second mistake I see a lot of couples do is they fight about the details of what happened last time. They get really bogged down. Yeah, okay, details are important. They're important, but they're not as important in most cases as the impact of the situation or the meaning you ascribe to the situation. The key to working through issues is to understand that both people take in sensory data from their environment and they process that data to some interpretation that makes sense to you. So for example, 
Last night, I was trying to edit a video of me. I was trying to edit out the background with this magic background deleting program. But the problem was the app kept interpreting the data from the photo and it kept seeing my, my legs as the background and kept editing my legs out. The meaning the app ascribed to my pants did not register as legs. Although to me, it was clear they were legs. I know this is silly, I'm using an editing program, but people are, people are quite similar. We both have sensory data, but the meaning we ascribe to it is different. Anyway, we, let, we want uh, our partner to see things our way, I know that. And the problem is sometimes things seem evident to us, very evident. They feel like facts or like common knowledge, but it might not be common knowledge to them. A very important part of healing a past injury, a past hurt, a past argument is having both people feel heard and understood to their satisfaction. Because without feeling heard and understood, most couples don't actually heal the wound. Instead, the wound is just added to the collection of other hurts. The mistake three. So this is when you're describing your subjective reality. When you're telling your partner about the way that you saw things, the meaning you made, you don't make it seem subjective. I like to tell people to describe the story they were telling themselves without describing their partner. Like as if they're talking about themselves, they're reading a book, they're describing what the character would do. The key to working through an incident is having a space where you can each tell your own side of the story. The problem is when we start sharing, we desperately want our partner to hear our side. We feel even enraged or misunderstood. We really want to be heard. And when we do this, we often make the mistake of saying things like, and then you said, fill in the sentence, or you label it like you said. And when we start with you and we project our thoughts onto them, there's one problem. You might be right and you might not be right. You could be right about what they said, but it might not be how they meant it. You might have interpreted what they said and gotten it wrong. And uh, when you say you said, often, if that's not what they meant or they thought they didn't say it, they come back to correct you or defend themselves. So the problem with saying you said is back to the idea of subjective reality. They might have said it. They might not have said it. They might have said it and not meant it. I don't know. But the key is to do your best explain your perspective, saying things like, I heard you say, or I thought you said, that makes it easier for your partner to track what you're actually saying and hear out your side. The fourth mistake I see couples do often is they talk about what they don't want, not what they do want moving forward. Many well-intentioned couples try to come to some resolution about how to make things better. After all, most couples actually adore each other and they don't really want to spend their evenings sitting alone in different rooms. They'd rather be laughing, holding hands and enjoying the evening together. But because they're hurt, they don't tell their partner how to make it better. Instead, they tell their partner, stop doing X, or they continue to explain why they were hurt. This is, when couples do this, they explain what they don't want done or they keep talking about why they were hurt um, even after it's been explained, heard, or understood. And the key here, so sometimes we explain, re-explain why we were hurt because we don't feel heard the first time. But sometimes we have done that. You have been heard, understood, and it's just tempting to go back to the problem without looking at the solution. And so when we make our partner guess, we just keep talking about the problem and we tell them what we don't want. It's like we're on a hamster wheel we can't get off of. 
If we want off the hamster wheel, we do have to talk about what we want. There's often a belief that gets in the way, like my partner should just know what I need, or if they cared, they would figure it out themselves. You know, I see many amazing couples who start out as friends, going on dates and built a life together. And with more and more conflict, more and more misunderstanding and hurt, the more and more they drift apart and they can't find their way back to each other. And if they knew how to fix it, they would. And yes, maybe after all this time together, maybe they should know what you need, but often they don't because they're a different person. And so to help couples with these mistakes, I've created a new course. And since it wasn't quite ready yet, but I already had people asking, I created a waiting list, which has over 560 people signed up for the waiting list for communication cures, which tells me that my clients and I aren't the only ones who struggle with relationship communication. It's hard, super, super, super hard. Communication Cures is an online video course designed around the four pillars of communication. You'll be able to finally feel heard and respected, stop walking on eggshells and rekindle the flame between you and your partner so your relationship feels unbreakable. If you practice the skills and the tools presented in this course. So the four pillars are catastrophe. So this section is designed to help you identify and break the most toxic communication patterns that leads couples to break up. You're gonna learn the five top communication mistakes that could be sabotaging your relationship and get the antidotes to these toxic patterns so you can create peaceful and loving communication. The second pillar is connection. This section is a little more fun. It's designed to help you add fuel to your emotional fire because without adding fuel, all fires eventually go out and the words you say, the actions you take do matter and they have enormous impact on your overall communication. This section is a little more fun. We're going to go through a five love languages quiz to figure out how you can love your partner best and get a practical strategy for how to implement your love languages into your relationship today. You're also going to get a tool for how to just express nice things on a day-to-day -day basis. The third pillar is called consistency because most weeks are not made up of parties and tragedies. Most weeks are a string of Tuesdays, all one after another in a row. These are the tools to help you get through and improve your everyday communication. You'll get a tool to help you communicate in the ups and downs of life so you're more confident that no matter the stressor, your partner is going to be a supportive companion at your side. And also, we're going to go over the six small things successful and loving couples do each week to have a more thriving relationship. The last section is conflict. You're going to get two frameworks. The one framework is how to process through a past fight, and the other framework is going to be how to talk about a disagreement and hopefully work towards a compromise. So you can, the, the waitlist discount is now over and gone, but you can still get early bird pricing of 20% off until October 21st, 2021 at 11.59 PM. And if you're listening to this after the 21st, Communication Cures is still going to be on sale until October 28th. So if you're interested, go click the link in the show notes. A number of years ago, I was listening to a book by Brene Brown, who brought the notion of giving your partner the most generous assumption to my attention. I had never heard of this idea until she brought it up. Now I kind of see it in a number of places. That was one idea that changed my relationship communication for the better and prevented a lot of the mistakes I talked about in this episode. When my partner would do something I didn't really like, I would think, what's the most generous assumption I can give my partner here? And I'm not saying just let them get away with everything, but if I could assume his intentions were good and he was doing his best, how would I behave differently towards him? I could still hold him accountable for his behavior, even if I gave him the most generous assumption. Now, this was really important for me because 
although I didn't like really think he meant to hurt me on some level, it wasn't conscious, but on some level I did. I thought he did these things on purpose or if he loved me, he wouldn't have done them. And when I was able to give the most generous assumption, I came to see that maybe just maybe he was loving me the best way he could. And that was the starting place for me to be willing to change my behavior and how I processed our past arguments, talked to him on a day-to-day basis, and just stopped making the mistakes I've talked about in this episode. Thank you for tuning in to Relationship Psych, the podcast put on by Ember Relationship Psychology. If you're looking for more free relationship help or advice that comes straight from the couple's therapy room, check out the free resources and the blog at www.emberrelationshippsychology.com.